0: God asked me to be a priest all over again, I don't know if I could do it. When I think back to the time in my life where I finally gave up my stubbornness and said, okay God, I trust that this is what you want for me, I don't think I now have the degree of faith that I had in that moment. I don't understand at this point in my life how I had the faith, to say yes in the way that I did back then. And it comes down to this constant struggle and tension that we have in our Christian lives between nature and grace, where we find, where we find ourselves, who we see ourselves as, our nature, and grace, the gift, the help that comes from God to bring us to what he wants for us. And we struggle to understand how those two interact and how those two live together in communion. Sometimes we have this image of nature and grace almost as in competition with one another. That my nature is who I am and grace is what comes from God and God is trying to kind of impose himself on my life. And so we struggle with trying to accept because we feel like if we accept it, it's going to make us give up so many things that we cherish in our life and so we resist or sometimes we see this interaction between nature and grace as God fills in the gaps and so I do my part and then whatever I can't do God accomplishes by his grace and neither of those are the reality those are actually heresies from the early church of a misunderstanding of the way that God desires to be a part of our life. The way that we describe it in our Catholic tradition is that grace builds on nature, or grace perfects nature. They are two that work together to bring to fulfillment what was always intended, that our nature is who we are. And God's grace is to bring about in us what God has always desired for us. You can kind of think of it as salt in food. We put salt in food because it heightens the taste and the flavor that is already present in that food. The salt dissolves and you can't see it, but you know when it's not there. You know when it's lacking, and so you add more salt so that the flavor that is in there can come to its fulfillment, the full flavor of that food. I think it's part of the reason why we're fascinated by celebrities or athletes or people with kind of above-average intelligence, people that find great success in their life, because we see in them the potential of what humanity can be. And so we admire them for that. It's the same thing in our Catholic faith, what we see with Mary. We see the beauty and the gift of what God has done in a person. With the saints, the same thing. And sometimes even people look at priests in that same way. But the problem that comes in with that, in this struggle between nature and grace, is then sometimes we turn and we act like Jeremiah and Peter. I am a man of unclean lips. Or, Lord, get away from me. I am a sinful man. Because we see in that potential something beautiful and something great. But when we look at our nature, we go, I'm not that. And I could never be that. And that's a great temptation. A great temptation that we're not supposed to fall into. Because the moment that we stay in that place... Is the moment that we reject God's grace. It's a false humility. It's a false humility to say what Peter says, get away from me Lord I am a sinful man. Because that's not what God wants for us. St. Paul says, by God's grace I am what I am. One who's not worthy to be an apostle because I persecuted the church. But, by God's grace, look what he's done through me. See, every time we come to the Mass, we start by saying, I confess to Almighty God that I have sinned. But we don't stop there. We move to the understanding that by God's grace, we can become more. So we can say with St. Peter, I am a sinful man, I am a sinful woman, but never Get away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man, I am a sinful woman. Lord, come near me. Dwell in me. By your grace, allow me to become what you want for me. Because grace builds, perfects the nature that we are. Because our nature is broken because of sin. We know that but we're not imprisoned by our sin. God's grace has set us free from that, and he wants us to become more. And we have to be wary of that false humility that tells us, I can't be that. Because then when God wants to work in our life, we resist it. I think you can kind of see it also in parenthood. See, a husband and wife have the potential to be parents. Just by nature of being man and woman and husband and wife, the potential for being parents is already there. And then they make a choice to be parents. Sometimes it's imperfect. Sometimes it's not intentional. But there is some choice towards that parenthood. But then as the child grows in the mother's womb, just the reality of that child being present, it starts to change and to shape the life of that mother and father. Grace is at work in the same way. Grace is present in our life before we're even able to acknowledge it. It's already there. Grace is present. Then by our will, we accept That work of God in our life, even if it's an imperfect acceptance, even if we don't fully realize what we're accepting. But then by that simple yes, God begins his work in us. Even though like the child, we have not seen that child's face yet, it's already changing the life of that mother and father. It's what we see in the gospel with St. Peter. Jesus comes to them on the shore. We don't know how well they know Jesus yet at this point. They probably are aware of who he is because he's been around. They live in the same region, but they don't really know who Jesus is yet. And so Jesus uses Peter's boat to be able to speak to the crowds, and then Jesus asks them for something ridiculous. They spent all night fishing, which is when they're supposed to fish. The greatest potential of catching fish is at night. But Jesus, approaching midday, tells them, go back out onto the water, which is the worst time for them to fish. And Peter goes, this doesn't make any sense. But if you say so, and they go. And then the amount of fish is overwhelming that they have to call another boat. We all hear that story and we go, look at the miracle that Jesus did. But why is it that only Peter is the one who responds immediately facing Jesus, Lord, get away from me, I am a sinful man. See, it's only St. Peter at first who recognizes the grace that is at work in that moment. And then we hear James and John are also amazed at what has been done. But they're not the only fishermen in the boats. See, grace isn't always, often, immediately evident. It is subtle. Because if it was overwhelming all the time, we would reject it because we would feel like it would completely annihilate us. Like it would completely vanquish our nature. We would be fearful of it. What's Jesus' response to Peter? Do not be afraid. This grace, this gift is not something to fear, but it's something that God wants to do in us and for us to allow us to live the life he always intended for us. Grace builds perfects on nature and God doesn't need us to understand it to work through us I still don't understand how I'm standing here today somehow by God's grace he overcame my stubbornness somehow by God's grace he has given me the ability to share his gospel with you and by some grace of God, I'm in Fort Saskatchewan and surrounding parishes to somehow bring the gospel in whatever way I can. I don't understand it. But my role is to allow that grace to flow through my nature that I, don't, that I know is broken. But God's grace uses that brokenness proclaim his word. So in your life you know your brokenness better than anyone else. You know your imperfection. You know your nature. But are you willing to let God's grace work in you and through you despite that? To admit as we do at the beginning of Mass I am a sinful man, I am a sinful woman. But then in faith At communion, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but if you say the word, my soul shall be healed. And we come to the altar and we receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity, so that he can dwell in us and live through us.